the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Um, you're listening to Ion Real Estate. Of course, we're the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and all the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which in this new decade is still just about everything. We'd love to hear from you, so please call us at 866-970-9622. I'm happy to – I don't have to introduce him. He needs no introduction. Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Barzupar. Hi, Ace. I think you're back from Hawaii. But anyhow. Can you hear me? Hi. I, yeah, I can hear you. How is Hawaii? Oh, it was amazing, um, Dottie. The weather, the surfing, um, everything was very, very relaxed. And um, it was a great, great way to recharge, Dottie. But I'm glad I'm back. And um, it's been busier than ever. Yes, I know, I know. We're going to talk about that. Okay, but you know that if you have, you know, we missed you, okay, and we can't wait. We have so many questions for you. And uh, I actually have people that have, I have some names for you, people that have contacted me about mortgages. And again, we have Steve Ebert, and he's a partner, Steve, who's a partner at Barton LLP, one of the top law firms in the city. Um, they specialize in real estate. Uh, they have a specialty in real estate. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Dottie. Welcome back. Ace. I'm fine. Like I, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Steve. What a week. How are you? Great. I'm good, guys. We've had a week of uh, very strange times we're in. <laughs> so I just, uh, I'm not laughing about it because I don't really think they're laughable, but it's been a very, very, very strange time. And so we're going to kind of look at that and how. How it how it affects everything because the one thing I could you know I think we the three of us since we all deal in the housing I'm glad here I know I the CEO of Douglas Elliman the real estate market and uh, has not really been affected I mean it, 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 this pandemic has affected a lot of things and changed a lot of things and there's been, of course a lot of businesses that got hurt but I have to say the real estate market is booming. And obviously, mortgages are booming, and obviously, legal work on real estate. And then, and it doesn't matter what price you're in, whether you're like a first-time buyer, whether you're a sophisticated uh, a, a trade-up buyer, whether you're an investor, whether you're you're a big big company like Amazon looking to to looking at the future and where you can put your big corporate offices. I mean, it's just kind of hasn't stopped, and. Um, 
I think today was, you know, I mean, I think what I what I, I think that um, we can talk about is, you know, a little about how this is how 221, which we've been talking about, um, but how uh, how buyers stretch, sellers wait around and kind of just wait for their moves, and renters hold the cards, okay? But it's been really crazy, and um, it's been busier as heck. And this is not only in our area; it's it's a national. Um, so I just want to, I just can't really, I mean, I thought this pandemic was going to really cripple the real estate industry, but the real estate industry is just leading the way right through this. And we're projected to have, uh, as I'll tell you later, I think the best year we've had since like 15 or 20 years, more sales than we've ever had. Um, and I'm not speaking for Douglas Elliman only, I'm speaking just, like, just for the United States of America. And with that, of course, we're going to need mortgages. So, uh. I want to thank Citizens Bank, who's always been there, and they work with Douglas Elliman as a preferred lender. They sponsor our show. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and we thank them for their support. Um, they also support their customers. So they provide an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking and a 24-7 customer contact center. Um, you can easily find more information at citizensbank.com. Um, Citizens does have a COVID-19 resource center, and you can call them for anything that you need. If you need financial, if you have stress, if you have personal stress, if you can't pay your bills, if you can't pay your bills. I'm hoping that with these vaccines that um, we're coming to at least kind of a uh, – and, and, and we can see the light for when this is all over because it's been feel. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. Does anyone remember the Twilight Zone? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you remember the music and it would just be now entering the twilight zone, right? It'd be some weird thing that was going on. And I kind of think this period has been like a a twilight zone. Um, We have a short show. The station is going to cover the Syracuse home game with Florida State. And the pregame coverage starts at 1130. So Iron Real Estate is only an hour and a half today, which is barely time for us to say hello so call us early, please, at 866-970-9622. Um, I will get some of your questions since I have so many questions that we haven't answered, um, but we will always get to them eventually. And you can reach us all on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can reach me at dottieherman.com, or you can go to our Eye of Real Estate um, Facebook page, and you can directly reach us or uh, Stephen, uh, or just leave us your name and we'll get to you. Um, I just want everyone, before we get serious about everything, you know what today is? You know what today is? Today is, you're never going to guess this, National Nothing Day. I like the sound of that, Dottie. National Nothing Day. So, yes. Okay. And if, 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 you know, like if you've ever been caught doing nothing, which is for the three of us a pretty rare thing. And we, when we, we get caught doing nothing, and we, when we can do nothing, it, 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 it feels good. But if you ever get caught doing nothing and shaved and feeling lazier than the average person, rest assured, uh, that might not happen today. National Nothing Day has been celebrated since 1973. Now, this is the first I heard of it, but I try to look up what, what the day is. I have never heard of it, but I guess it's there. And they, it's been around since 1973. Well, let's make something so, out of nothing today. <laughs> right, right. So listen, I was um, 
you know, I'm on the Board of Governors at Revney, and uh, we had an opportunity to uh, yesterday have a special session that we Zoomed. We did a Zoom meeting on with uh, the governor and to see what his plans were for New York and, you know, uh, what he what he felt he was going to do. And obviously, you know, of course, at least uh, we're pushing, and those of you, you know, I know Stephen and uh, and Ace know this, and I've mentioned it on the show before, we're, we're trying to get him to not raise any more real estate taxes and put a pied-a-terre tax, which is a, basically a tax for second, people who have second um, residences in New York City. And um, he was pretty good. Um, he, first of all, he's pushing back. Um, and he's pushing a plan to get employees back into office buildings. Uh, and, you know, he has all the, and all the big office building owners, uh, a lot of them were on this call, and they have agreed to, in their offices, like, you know, where they have a lot of space, to um, to actually set up states that, you know, to, to also, do, like, have centers right in the office where people can get tested. You know, so it's like dedicate a place where, like, if it's a big building and they run it where somebody can just go in and quickly get COVID tested and, and then know that, you know, it's it's okay and that everyone's been tested. And, you know, it's because we really need for people to feel safe. And that's the reason people aren't going back to offices quite yet, because they feel unsafe. They don't feel really safe yet. Um, he also said, I mean, and this is really a reversal. I mean, guys, you know, unless I'm crazy, um, but he's been really reversal. And he said, I cannot shut the city down. We don't want you to shut it down. Um, he said, if I shut the city down again, there will be no city. So he got it. <laughs> he's absolutely right. So he's not going to. He's going to do everything he can to open up the city. Um, in our in, in zones that are orange, um where the seven-day average for COVID rate reached 4% for 10 days, and hospitals have 85% capacity, um, he is going to let them, you know, open again. Um, he is going to start outdoor dining again, and, and some non-essential businesses can operate and reduce the capacity. So he's looking for areas within the city that might have a different rate. Which is good, but he he is very, very hell bent on helping New York City reopen as quickly as possible, which we all want because you really can't keep it down, and, and he's doing that. Um, he says that uh, the governor said he will work with real estate communities to open hundreds of new pop up rapid testing sites where people can get tested before engaging in a social activity. So, in other words, you know, if there's a rapid testing and the line isn't too long. And, you know, you want to go into a restaurant, you know, he's going to try to have a lot of them. He said the major commercial operators with space totaling more than 100 million square feet, I told you, have already agreed to schedule COVID tests to all tenants in their building so that everybody, you know, can have them. And I think um, for the city and for every place to really get back, I think that people need to feel like safe. And he's committed to doing that. James Whelan, who's the president of Rebney, said the trade association members are now working with the state to offer free spaces for rapid testing centers in retail spaces, whereas you'd have a department store. And they'll have a space dedicated to rapid testing so that people can, you know, really get tested a lot. Because with this virus, you can get tested maybe uh, two weeks ago and 
you can get it the next day. So, because at the end of October, only 10% of Manhattan workers have returned. And by mid-November, only a quarter of employees nationwide had returned. So some companies have, instead of, uh, they've embraced the transition and they're trying to push people to come to the office. And for them to be able to do that, it's got to be safe. He is, by the way, Stephen, we talked about it last week, if I think it was last week. He said he's not looking to put any taxes on uh, real estate. Well, I think that's great news that he's not looking to put additional taxes on real estate. Um, I'm glad that there's now more of an impetus um, to move things forward, um, which I think is a little long overdue and needs to be done. So I'm glad that's the direction we're going in. I mean, it's very interesting. You look at, you cross a state line, right? If you're in Westchester and you cross the border to Connecticut, right? Um, and you're right there. Right. You're seeing a very, very different set of policies there than you're seeing uh, in New York. Um, you know, it's not just regional differences, right? Like New York versus Florida. And you could account for maybe weather or how the real estate is. You're talking about even within the same region. So I think it's good that things are being looked at. Um, and being revisited. And did he actually bring up on that call uh, any further plans to speed up vaccinations? Or that didn't come well, up? No, it came up. I mean, really, I mean, first of all, all the big guys, and when I took the Red Meat Board of Trustees, really, many of them are not, you know, they're not in the, the they're not, they don't sell real estate. They're the biggest families, the biggest owners of real estate in the country. And they're all, you know, he, he's, they met with him, and I guess they've explained to him that they're with, they're with him, they're going to help him. And they really, because I saw that he had an understanding, he knows. Because every time we needed to raise money, okay, he would always go to the real estate and tax real estate people, okay, to the point that he even said we're the highest tax, and he knows that putting more real estate taxes on us uh, would be crazy. However, what he did say um, is that I, 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 don't quote me on the number because I'm, I'm forgetting. But it, but whether it was thirty million, uh, tri- I mean, it was, it's a huge number that New York is deficit. I mean, we're in bad shape, as many states are. And he's really, it's really going to be what the federal government does. I mean, at, at the end of the day, let me put it in easy language, okay? If he, we need, you know, and I'm sure there's other states that are the same place. I'm sure Jersey, but he basically like we need the federal government to bail us out. Now, if I recall, don't quote me, but if I recall the uh, the last administration or the only, the Trump administration, which is at its end, really, uh, were kind of like their their attitude, and it might have changed, you know, down the road, but. Their attitude was, listen, you guys, you states that really had financial problems before the whole virus, we're not, you know, we're going to bail you out somewhat, but we're not really bailing you out a lot. I don't, so, you know, it depends on really what the the feds do, because if they don't bail us out, then he will have to do things that uh, cut. But uh, apparently if he gets the money, he wants to build New York to be better and bigger and, you know, continue, like, building more bridges. He talked about the airports, which, 
really, when they're done, will be nice. But how long have they been under construction? A while now, if I recall. Um, you know, the airports that he's trying to do, you know, the buildings that he's working on, I think the Port Authority, you know, doing, and he said, you know, like our bridges, you know, really, really making New York bigger and better than it ever was. But that all, again, there's a big question mark, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, I do want to, I mean, if I had to estimate a couple of numbers, I know what they were talking about in New York City, um, particularly um, in the residential world, that there's been an underpayment in 2020 of about one and a quarter billion dollars in rent, um, which is going to have, is going to be an issue. Um, on a positive note, and this got lost completely in the news, is the beautiful Moynihan train station from the old Farley Post Office uh, that is opening up. That. And you know what? That that is that is critical as part of the future. Um, so you know there is, and I definitely want the audience to know there is. While we are dealing with these issues, there is all sorts of good news that is happening too. Um, a lot of times it gets hidden, um, but that that train station is absolutely critical uh, for Long Island and New Jersey commuters coming in. And I do think, you know, people... Where is that supposed to be from? Where is that that station supposed to be from exactly? Well, it's it's right across. It's just west of current Penn Station. I mean, the current Penn Station, when when it was built with Madison Square Garden, um, really was trying to be functional without elegance. You know, the station beforehand was much more like a Grand Central station than it is the Penn Station today of, of cut-up corridors um, and the like. And so what Farley will do is bring that grandeur, um, and it's really across the street to the west uh, of Penn Station. Um, and, and they really, I think, did it in a very smart way. Um, and that's absolutely critical because that's the tie-in with Amtrak, um, you know, the whole Northeast Corridor. Uh, for rail transport. So very, very important. Uh, really, really, I think, a future game changer. Uh, absolutely. I'm curious on what Ace and then Stephen, what you think. I mean, I, we have no way of knowing, but I mean, no one knows. But basically, I'm sure there's plenty of states that need a bailout. Now, Cuomo said, which I really don't, I didn't understand, not that I didn't understand it, I understood what he said, but I didn't know this, basically. He basically said that New York pays, obviously, more taxes than anybody else. And he says that we're paying taxes. He said that we pay taxes for everybody else, that we, you know, the state takes, that, that, that they feds take too much money from us, and that they really uh, owe us money back. Steve, do you know what he's talking about exactly? I, I think I think what the governor is talking about, and there's all sorts of studies on this, that New Yorkers pay more tax money into the federal government than New York receives back from the federal government. Um, and so what he's yeah. trying to say, there are some states that are a net positive contributor to the federal government and some that are effectively a net negative. Um, that, that sounds right. Um, it's a little hard to estimate, I think, that kind of number. And I wonder how much that might change um, when you look at um, tax law changes. We'll take a break and we'll, finish, we'll continue talking about 
rebuilding, rebuilding New York City and the, and the states around it. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. You've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. If you don't have a my pillow, or if you know someone who doesn't, now is the time because Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a standard queen premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight, regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That is a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape, and they are made in the United. States of America. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use the promo code AM970. You'll find this amazing offer and deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, MyPillow mattress toppers, MyPillow towel sets, 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798, promo code AM970. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's frontline heroes since 9-11 when so many people lost their lives while saving others. This year is the foundation's 20th year of honoring and supporting our nation's greatest heroes and their families thanks to the support of generous people like you. When a first responder or military service member does not come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family stability. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling our country's most severely injured patriots to live more independent lives. Help Tunnel to Towers to do good. Mark the 20th anniversary of 9-11 by donating $11 a month at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org thank you for your support take am 970 the answer anywhere you go with our mobile app get in on itunes google play or listen on TuneIn, iheart alexa or radio.com does learning a language feel like this no habla espanol Ablo. It's Ablo? Yes. It's Ablo. <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually need. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. It's a new year and a new show this Sunday when Bagels and 
Broadway with me, Valerie Smaldone, can be heard from 2 to 3 p.m. On this week's show, a stunning and beautiful photographic retrospective of New York during the pandemic. That will be on the agenda with photographer Terry W. Sanders. Also, he's an accomplished theatrical producer helping to save music clubs in New York. Tom Dangora joins me and podcast host and former radio personality Rick Summers. All on Bagels and Broadway with me, Valerie Smaldone, Sunday at 2. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with Ace Suparp and Stephen Lee, and we are talking about rebuilding, you know, what it's going to take now to start to rebuild everything and to bring everything back. It's going to take a while. But before I do that, I think I have a question, a caller, I think this is probably one for you, Stephen, but um, I have Dawn from New York. Hi, Dawn. Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can very well. Hi, yes. I want to know how do you vet a real estate attorney? I'm looking for an attorney, and I just don't know how I can tell if they're good, if they've had any um, lawsuits against them or anything. How, How can I know that they're legit and that they're good attorneys? And they're going to do the job. Stephen, I'll... I'll let you take that one. Sure, absolutely. Th- thanks, thanks for calling in. There's a number of things to look at. Um, first off, I would just ask them about their past experience. Um, how long have they been practicing? What types of transactions that they've been working on? Comfort level to make sure it fits in with the transaction they're looking to do. Um, to some degree also, geography can make a difference. You want to make sure that the attorney is familiar with the local customs and laws where you're looking to buy the property, right? If you're having an attorney based in New York, they probably wouldn't be experienced with some of the rules in Alaska, um, making sure that things are in order. Um, It does vary if it's a co-op condo versus a house. Um, Also, then you want to look at how they're set up to practice. Are they a solo practitioner, medium size, or are they a large firm? Will you be dealing directly with the attorney or really will it be with, you know, paralegal and secretarial support staff? And what kind of experience are you talking about? Other thing is what kind of um, insurance that they have. There is absolutely no requirement that an attorney have malpractice insurance. They should. They absolutely should. But there's no requirement. They should also make sure that they have data security in place. There's a lot of emails going around. And how is your um, confidential information, your social security number, your driver's license. How is that, um, you know, safeguarded? Um, and then also, um, what kind of availability um, and also documentation when the transaction is done um, for your paperwork? Uh, is it electronically? Is it stored? Um, and, and follow questions. And the last point is really personality and philosophy. Do you relate to the person? Do they relate to you? And then um, do they take a minimalist view, as I like to say, or a maximist view? What I mean by a minimalist is someone who says, "Ah, I'm going to do the due diligence. Ah, I'm going to negotiate your contract and I'll see you at the closing. Make sure you have clear title. Or is it someone who's going to say, as your attorney, I'm going to make sure that you're covered. I'm going to talk to the lender to make sure that they're approaching things correctly and the fees all make sense. Um, Am I going to also make sure to advise you 
on other things that can come up in the transaction and things to look out for. Um, so those are really the starting point of the conversation, and you, and you can go from there. Can I ask you something, Dawn? This, you're looking for an attorney to help you on the sale of a home, of a property or to buy something? To buy something, to buy a home, and I'm buying it from a family member. I think you spoke with my mother maybe a week or so ago. Uh, oh, you're um, buying Sarah. it from a family yeah, member. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 right. So I think, and I think too, if I could add anything, I would say that where do you begin? Well, first of all, I think you want to use a firm that is a real estate firm. You know, in other words, you mm-hmm. can, you know, it's like anything else. Somebody could, you know, be a great attorney that someone says, oh yeah, I know someone. Well, they, they might be a good attorney, but maybe that's not their specialty because you're dealing with an estate basically and how, how you, you know, you're dealing with a specific, uh, thing that really you want somebody who's been in real estate. Uh, you don't want a firm that has a real estate part, a component to it. Uh, and obviously you would want a New York state. You're in New York, I, and so you want somebody who's licensed in New York. Uh, and, Stephen, I mean, you know, I mean, so let's just to make it simple, if you want a few recommendations, uh, we can certainly tell you, or you could, uh, you know, all up a real estate, do some of the real estate offices, but selling real estate and what your mother, is, if I recall correctly, is you're talking about. You need somebody who really is. That's more like passing on, or or that's a specific mm-hmm. thing. You, you handle that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Now, also, I want to make a very important point. Um, generally speaking, you need to have separate attorneys for buyers and sellers. The ethical rules allow for some very narrow exceptions within a family for one attorney to do the transaction. However, there should be a huge amount of caution with that because that's very specific, and it only works if really everyone fully is on the same page, and it's generally even not recommended under the attorney ethics rules. So I mention this because... Um, you know, obviously, it's a transaction within the family. I hope everything goes smoothly. And then, obviously, that is the, you know, the goal of, of these always. But, you know, keep in mind that, you know, family members sometimes have different viewpoints on how things, quote, unquote, right. should happen. And there might be other siblings or so forth. So, you know, that's something that should also be kept in mind. And whoever you go with, that conversation should be brought up to make sure you have someone who is both safeguarding your interests, but also has the right level of compassion to understand the situation and interact well. Because once this transaction is done, you do not want to have something, even if it's done correctly, divide up the family. So you need to have someone with the skill set and also the way in which how to handle themselves with the family. Exactly true, because there are many people that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, and not speaking to each other. And one more quick advice before you, you go, Dawn. I, I would ask you if if, if either – now, if, if everybody involved in the transaction has a different attorney, and I think what Steve is saying, to have one – or are you going to have one attorney that handles everything? No, we're gonna, attorney, she's going to have hers. I'll have mine. Yeah, separate. Then that's the way to do it. And then, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and then don't get – emotionally involved with it, you know, so that, you know, this, you know, if, if you, you know, you let the two attorneys deal with that. Yes. But yes. Okay. Can I have Steven's number? Mm-hmm. Steve, sure. Can you give him your number? 
Yeah. Sure. Um, it's 212-885-8829. Okay, very good. And do you have a recommendation of any other attorney firms? Since I, since we do need two different attorneys. Firms. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you leave us somehow we can reach you, we'll uh, I'll I'll definitely go ahead and just send you two or three names. Okay, great. And then thank you. Can call you. And see what you teach you. All right, thank you. Have a great thank, weekend. Thank you. you too. Thanks for calling in. Be well. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Well, it's so true that you do need, you know, when it's a family, especially when it's family, and it tends to uh, and there's different interests and people are trying to put something together. It's really important to have a representation from every attorney. And I think Steve's point is so well taken. It also has to be an attorney that is like kind of a, I don't want to say negotiator, but is able to understand this is a family. And the idea is to have everyone hating each other. The idea is to come up with solutions that, that where everybody comes out a winner um, and where there's differences to try to resolve them peacefully so that there's still a, a, a family intact. What's all over? Well, but they, I think it's very smart. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what happens is, what I see culturally in real estate, a lot of times people negotiate in a zero-sum gain way of negotiating, right? A buyer wants to pay less. A seller wants to get more money. And so, you know, there's, there's a winner and a loser, you know, when you look at a negotiation exclusively that way. And look, obviously price is a factor. But there's all sorts of other things that are circulating um, the transaction. It's like, you know, if the transaction and the price is the sun, you have all sorts of issues orbiting around that. And you really need to have that conversation. And what I've noticed over the years is the real estate agents and the attorneys that are able to, in a smart way, deal with those other issues that are circulating around they're able to have a smoother transaction and they realize that sometimes it's not always the buyer who pays the most that wins the deal. You need to know what always motivates the other party. It could be timing. It could be hassle factor. It could be willingness to undertake, you know, curing a violation. It could be a variety of things. And so it's so important to always understand that any negotiation is what is motivating my counterparty and how do I negotiate um, and really deal with those first-tier motivations? Because ultimately, you, you could end up saving your client money uh, if you understand that. So true. So true. So I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little about, you know, the 2021 real estate market and how that affects a buyer, a buyer, a seller, somebody who's renting. And I can tell you that it's... Um, and um, ace and, and, and somebody who's looking to get a mortgage because um, we are projecting, I think we have a break. We're projecting this to be a much bigger year and we had in the history itself. Okay, so we're gonna talk about how what you what how it's gonna affect you if you're a buyer, seller, renter, center. I think uh, we have a commercial break, we'll be right back after our commercial break. To tell you what Make getting a great night's sleep your New Year's resolution with Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Hurry in for savings of up to $300 on our top-rated brands like Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $699 on Sealy. Or save 50% on select mattresses from Sealy and get a queen mattress for just $299.99. 
Don't wait. Shop in-store, online, or by phone with a sleep expert for these amazing deals. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing, but are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers who are making buying decisions for the new year. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Want to know how to improve the quality of your life simply through good nutrition? Tune into the Balance of Nature radio show every Sunday afternoon at 4 and hear success stories from actual people as well as information from experts and doctors alike. Everyday people all over the world are realizing the power and benefits of good nutrition, but few are accomplishing it. Join Balance of Nature founder Dr. Douglas Howard Sunday afternoons at 4 on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota, like 0% APR financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite toyota models call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them joe sent you 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and route 22 toyota will get you driving a new toyota with zero percent interest or zero down leases now that is the smart way to buy route 22 toyota route 22 west in hillside new jersey or at route 22 toyota Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. Craving delicious Italian food? Well, Michael's of Brooklyn is open. Check out their takeout and curbside menu at michaelsofbrooklyn.com or call 718-998-7851. That number again is 718-998-7851. Prepared foods are also available at Michael's Pastry Shop. Don't forget their delicious, authentic sauce available online and in stores. Michael's of Brooklyn, reaching out to the community since 1964. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're talking about, uh, I want to give you some um, information. Um, Jonathan Miller just released some of our market reports. I want to tell you a little bit what's going on in the market and how it'll affect you. So these are things that you should know if you're going to buy, if you're going to rent, if you're going to sell, 
or if you're just kind of or kind of waiting on the sidelines to see what goes on. But I will tell you, like in Manhattan, as far as the real estate rental market, um, for the third straight month in a row, new lease signings. So people that sign new leases rose to the highest level for the current month since the financial crisis. So we had a ton of new signings, which is good news. Uh, new leases rose sharply to the most signed for this in December in more than a in more than twelve years. Okay, so that is a very good sign. Um, but the median rent fell. So what's happened in New York City? There's people are renting. It's really gotten crazy with all the rentals. But that's also because the prices dropped on rentals. And in just my opinion, New York has gotten very high and unaffordable for a lot of people. So with prices that dropped on rentals, it gives people opportunities to enter the New York City market when they might have not been able to afford to. And that's been a big plus. Um, Smaller apartment sizes, believe it or not, saw less uh, of a saw a larger percentage of a decline. So in other words, in price wise, smaller apartments, they really saw more of a decline in price than larger apartments, okay? Um, and landlord concessions, I think Stephen has talked about that. A lot of times when you're negotiating a lease, you should know this. If you're going to sign a lease, your broker probably will also help you with this. But if you're going to sign a lease, a lot of times the um, the landlord is not maybe going to give you off a, a Price necessarily, but he do might do concessions, and what we mean of concessions are a couple of months free, uh, certain things that he will do that are things that cost money that will save you money, but are not necessarily off the actual rental price. So you should know that. Um, and you know, in Brooklyn, um, the new leases are also they rose to the highest level um, since the financial crisis, so they're also uh, off the wall. But the again, the uh, median rent also fell, and um, the and and you can get. I mean, you should look to try to get a concession from the landlord. As I said, if you're going to sign a lease, then if you're going to move into a a place, and now is the t- time to buy. I mean, or rent. So that's all good. Uh, the, the rental market is coming back, and Westchester. Um, I you know. Prices and, and sales now on 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 on, on sales. Westchester, uh, there's hardly any inventory. People are buying there, and the median price in Westchester surged to the second highest level on record. So things are rising, you know. And I have to say, we've been pretty immune as far as uh, you know. I think you know the pandemic gave New York City and you know a little bit of a you know, a price adjustment, which it needed. We were at the peak. We were just so high. And it kind of gave everyone a jolt, and everyone kind of is readjusting to the new normal and this new market. And uh, it's really affording people a lot of opportunity, and people are back. Um, so what should you expect? And, in a, and we expect in 21 that we're in the rentals will continue to find, um, you know, less competition for apartments and see lower rents because so many New Yorkers had left. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of inventory, even though people are signing rents. So uh, we continue to see that in New York city uh, for the remainder of uh, 21. 
Now, with the vaccines coming, people are really starting to hope, and that's going to change uh, the, the whole dynamics. But if you're a renter, when you plan to rent in New York City, you should know that renters hold the card. So if you're going to rent, if you're a landlord, well, you need to put the deal together. And you need to just, you know, work and try to negotiate to put a deal together if you have someone that wants to rent because it's really a renter's market. But it's temporary. You know, I, I really believe once the vaccines come out, that'll change. So the opportunity is right now. Um, Steve, you've said that there's a major there's a major uh, effort to stay to stop evictions. Um, the New York, uh, you know, so they're not evicting anyone till when? Is it two months? You know, Steve, I mean, there's no. Yeah. It's it's basically so right now the way it works is there's really no evictions until May, for all intents and purposes, and then what will happen is there may still be extinctions. You know, it's a little bit unclear, but at this point, I, I would take the position that there's no evictions until May, and then we'll see further as we go through the process. Yeah, I think the New York Times had an article and it said that uh, any eviction cases that are filed are on hold for at least 60 days. And then there's going to be, I'm sure, a backlog of it. So um, it's going to be like a lot to get through, and we'll see what things Cuomo comes up with or what they can agree on, because... Um, it's all about a stimulus package also, I mean, and what, what we're going to get and what he's going to receive from the government. Um, but right. we so, could so, tell you that there's, right? I mean, it's all, I think they said 15 well, days. It's, it's, and it's, I want, well, here's why I say May. You're absolutely right. There's a 60-day. But effectively, if you say you have any hardship due to COVID, you can effectively bump that out to May. So, uh, you know, I'm going to make the assumption that people will just say that they have a COVID hardship. Um, and, right, and, and right. that's viewed very, very broadly. So that's why I kind of ignore the 60 days, and realistically, it's May. And then you're absolutely right. Then, then of course, the courts are all backed up. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, like I, I – well, let me just give you my advice, and I'm sure Ace and Steve and Jerry will be the same. If you can make a deal, make it. Okay? Work together to make something happen because uh, – Going to court is always a last resort. If you don't have to go to court, you don't want to. That's, you know, I mean, I, I always uh, uh, believe in that. Um, if you don't want to go to court. By the way, I wanted to also say, and I forgot, we were talking about what Cuomo had said that he's looking to do. He is looking to get rid of that assault. You know, all the, you know, we have a cap on how much you can deduct. What is it? Uh, in, in real estate taxes. When did that happen? Two years ago, Stephen and Ace. I'm trying to remember. Two. This it I'm happened sorry, two years clarify, ago. So, if you can clarify the um, what you're talking about, could you clarify it, please? Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I just lost somebody. I, I I was listening and I I lost somebody's voice. But in any event. You, you can only deduct so much in taxes. And oh, oh, you're, ta- oh, you're talking you about the, oh, you're talking about the salt limitations. Yes. You're, yes. Yes. So right now, and this will hopefully be on the list, that right now there's a ten thousand dollar limit for income tax and property tax for your primary residence and second home. 
doesn't affect investment property. And that's exactly one of the topics being discussed to eliminate that and go back to where things were four years ago on that point. Right. Now, that wasn't that. what I'm trying to was I'm trying to tell our audience that that didn't happen from COVID. There's nothing to do with COVID. That happened like I thought it was two or three years ago. But as you're saying, it's four years ago. That detrimentally hurt real estate. OK, that was to me an unfair uh, assessment. And it hurt. It, it really hurt. Uh, it hurt people that were in high tax districts or like such as New York and, and Westchester, Connecticut, Jersey. It hurt people in very high tax areas, I think, disproportionately more so than if you were in a state that had low taxes. So they're trying to appeal that and get rid of that. And I hope that that can happen. Uh, but as I said, it all is going to depend. It depends on uh, the end of the day what they, they negotiate. But I will tell you that um, if you're a bargain hunter, you you can get some good deals now. Um, <laughs> even as the pandemic hopefully ends, okay. Yeah. If, if that, can I can add just one thing on that, Salt. I think it's very high on the list to get rid of that cap. That is very – so I would not be surprised if that does change because it's really – it's on a lot of politicians' radar right now to change. Okay. Now, you know, I agree with you. I think that's going to – I mean, my gut – and, again, I know I have no advanced way of knowing this. I'm just – my my just instincts say that's one of the things that I – think they're going to really try to get rid of um but i wanted to tell everyone the housing market saw its highest pace of sales growth since the housing boom of 2005 and so that's 20 something you know that's almost like 15 17 years ago so that's how many sales that we've had um the current housing market boom now tell me ace if you agree with this or disagree the current housing boom was driven by intense demand. In other words, people just wanted to buy houses so badly they wanted to have bigger space, larger space, get out of the city. So there was, and this is nationally, um, it, it was intense demand and low interest rates, record low interest rates. Now, both inventory. Because we're, this is nationally, we are, really don't have a lot of inventory. So when you don't have a lot of inventory, when you don't have a lot of products to sell, and the demand is greater than the supply, then you come into a buyer's market. Now, the renter's market is, um, as I said, a renter's market, if you're looking to rent, the same thing, um, you know, if there's no inventory and there's very little to sell and there's more people that want to buy homes, you have the exact opposite. Then you have a seller's market. So for sales, you can you are having in most parts of the United States a seller's market. Um, and the pandemic definitely, you know, people always love buying homes, but the pandemic certainly increased increased uh, that. Now, Ace, I was reading and it said the boom in two thousand and five was, you know, we 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 are booming because people really want to buy homes. So therefore, they want to get mortgages, and it's just a mass amount of people. Where in 2005, um, the boom was uh, because of they say negligent uh, banking practices, meaning those are the days when you could get a mortgage, but no money, you didn't have to work, you just had a good credit 
Do you agree with that, Ace? Curious. Yeah, Dottie, I, I think real estate and mortgage has definitely been a bright spot due to the pandemic, right? So we've actually uh, received a lot of benefit um, from such a financial crisis um, in 2020 where everybody is, is just talking about how the pandemic um, affected um, the economy. But if you look at the stock market, uh, we've had record-breaking highs in 2020. And what's happening this year trickled into 2021 is that folks made a lot of money. So where are they going to invest that money? It's going to be in real estate and assets, right? So I think what you see from the pandemic, you see pent-up demand, you see amazing low rates. And what we've seen on the bank side, just the first two weeks of this year, Dottie, it's been tremendous in terms of the activity of folks looking to purchase homes, especially second home markets. And people are continuing to refinance. Last year, it was almost a $3.8 trillion um, industry for mortgage. And this year, they're slated to um, be right about the same, Dottie. So, you know, we still have um, a little bit of time here where folks can purchase homes at a very, very low carrying charge. And I think what I want our listeners to really, really focus on is this is not going to last forever, right? The reason why rates are at an all-time low is because the Federal Reserve, they made a commitment to purchase mortgage-backed securities, thus affecting rates to stay low. So it's artificially low. What's going to happen when the pandemic's over and the economy starts to recover is that rates are going to start to go up. So if you're not taking advantage of the marketplace, you know, I've been telling this to everybody on, on almost every single show. You're going to look back 10 years from today, and you're going to say, man, yeah. 2020 and 2021 were my years to purchase. If I wanted to purchase in New York City, I should have purchased. If I wanted to purchase in the suburbs, the low rates gave me such a low monthly payment. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it happens once or twice in your lifetime, and this is it, folks. This is it. I'm telling you right now. It's the perfect storm. And we're benefiting in the real estate industry for folks that see the opportunity. They're going to make a lot of money. And for folks that are on the sidelines, this is, this is, this is your chance to get in. So, you know, seize the moment. That's, that's I can, what yeah, I, I think, and you know, when Ace gives you that advice and he's that aggressive on it, and the truth is mortgage interest rates at such a low uh, that it's unbelievable. Okay, and it won't last forever. I don't know how long it will last, but it's not going to last forever. And believe it or not, we saw a time when interest rates were 11, 12, 13, 14, even 19 percent. Okay, yeah, yeah. such a bargain. It's like, what do I tell everybody? It's like free money. Okay, uh, we have to, I believe, take a break. Steven, do you have to leave us now, or are you going to be able to stay? Yeah, I'm going to be able to stay now, so I'm all good. Thank you. Oh, good. Oh, good. So we're going to continue, and um, I have a few things to, uh, that we need to talk about. We'll be right back. I believe it's 11 o'clock, and we are getting ready for the news. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Ace Fun and Tuesparp and Stephen Ebert. And uh, we're talking about how this uh, pandemic and the, the real estate opportunities um, that have been presented and obviously a very kind of horrible thing with this pandemic. It's, as I said, something out of the Twilight Zone act, but in actuality, at the end of the day, created a lot of opportunity in real estate, and uh, the real estate and mortgage business has really been leading us right through the pandemic and will continue leading us outside of the pandemic. It's, it's just one of the bright spots, um, if you could say that there are any in this time, and it's really a very good time to buy. But before we get into continuing that conversation. Remember, we have a short show, so if you have questions, you need to call us early because uh, we are only until 11.30 today. But I have two questions. I think I have calls on the line. I have Bob. Um, Bob from, I, I think, New York. Yeah, Bob. Good morning, Bob, and thanks yes. for calling I on Real Estate. Yes. So Thank I'm you. a real estate yeah. broker, and we have you know, real estate people. And as far as getting the vaccine, uh, somehow – it doesn't show that real estate people are essential workers, whereas grocers and different things uh, are essential workers, and we have to go into houses and apartments. That's my question. Well, well that's a good point. That we're not considered essential workers. Um, I, you know, I at least not. I don't know about any other states. Stephen or Ethiopia. I mean, is it any other state has real estate brokers? I'm not aware of that because they're looking at it, if I can just say, they're not looking at it as essential workers now, which was sort of the, the phrase used like nine months ago when deciding who could work and go into offices and what people can do. But they're now using more of a phrase of sort of frontline workers, although we're obviously still in front of people, but they're, they're sort of shifting the verbiage and the approach a little bit. So are we uh, yeah. available to qualify for getting vaccines? It is changing daily, but at the moment, on the, the status of a real estate agent, um, no, not, not in New York. If you look, if you go to the New York State website, you'll see there's two categories, 1A and 1B. Um, yes. I do not see real estate agents in that. Um, basically, they have frontline health workers. They have um, active teachers. Um, they also do have grocery uh, store clerks uh, and cashiers, um, uh, police, fire, you know, all the uniform services. Um, and, and look, it changes rapidly. If we had this conversation one week ago, I would have also said 75 and up. And then on Monday this past week, they announced it's 65 and up. So, you know, within, you know, a few days, things change. So I, I think the categories are going to change. But also, and, and I think, you know, it was, it was mentioned during the break, there also needs to be a big increase in actual shots that are available, too, for the vaccine as well. So even if they open up the categories, they need to have the doses there ready. 
Yeah, it's not, it's not like much. that. You have yeah. to be right. You have to be able to get appointments. Now, I know my daughter's a teacher, so she's in the category that can get a vaccine now. And um, if she can't. I mean, it's not that she can't. She can if she can get an appointment. But, you know, it's, it's so they, they really have to open it up. But, you know, keep it, keep it, keep, keep looking because, as Stephen said, it changes every day. And hopefully by the time, but I think by the, you know, it changes every day. And hopefully, um, I know that the governor has committed to opening more places. And, um, you know, they're they're saying that we haven't done a good job of administering it. So I think they're opening up and, and hopefully it'll change. But as of now, real estate are not considered, uh, unless they're, I think, over 65 or they have a pre-existing condition, something of that nature. So sorry. If it makes anyone feel better, mortgage loan officers and lawyers didn't make the cut either. <laughs> I know last How week. How about attorneys, uh, Stephen? No attorneys either, no, huh? No, you know what? You know, you know, attorneys, you know, we usually don't get too much love. So, no, no we didn't make it either. Because, <laughs> Dottie, last week I think you mentioned that you were able to get your shot. Oh, yeah, but I had a pre-existing condition, and um, you know, I, I was able to I was able to get the vaccine. But I went to Florida, actually, so I, you know, they don't have a residency requirement there, so you know, you didn't have to be from New York. So, um, but I tell you the truth, I think you know, it's really opening it up, and you know, you hear a lot of good things and bad things about it, but the the feds, I mean, they're really giving a big. If you listen to the news, they're really, and if you can believe the news, and again, I kind of believe it in a halfway, but they have the vaccines. It is a job getting them out. And I don't, you know, it's, I don't know. Now, somebody told me yesterday, I think it was, and I don't know if this is true or not, so don't quote me on this, but somebody said in a conversation I had about this yesterday that the smallpox started in New York city with smallpox and they were able to get that vaccine out to everyone so i think yes. it's just a matter of is that true i mean i i didn't even know that that it started in new york city um so uh, I think i'm not now- sure about the smallpox stuff i will say one other thing which is also should be helpful um johnson and johnson is about to put forth for also emergency use authorization with the expectation that probably within in the month of February, they'll probably be granted. And the thing about, they, they actually had a longer study, and, and what's also nice about that one, my understanding, is that that is a one-shot yeah. vaccine instead of a two-shot, which is helpful. Yeah. Well, and I want to tell you something. You're welcome, and have a good day. And that's a great question, and we'll keep you posted. Like Stephen says, it changes every day. But I do want to say that I did read, like I read, you know, I read about these vaccines all the time. And I did read that they really don't know how long this one lasts. So hopefully you'll get the first one. Hopefully, you know, you'll, for most of us, I think, you know, you're still on the, you'll have to get the two. But they're not sure if it lasts a year or six months. I guess it's, but my, I guess it's going to be like eventually a flu shot. You know what I'm saying? That you, you know, you can opt to take it or not take it. And uh, if you take the flu shot, it doesn't mean you'll get the, you won't get the flu. But hopefully when you, if you do get the flu, you'll get like a, a, a milder version of it. But I don't know. Hopefully that we uh, can handle that. Uh, one quick question, because again, we have a short show and I, I really want to emphasize what is, what's going on and how important it is. 
And I have a question that somebody just uh, emailed me besides where I have calls on the phone. It, they, it, they haven't paid their rent, and they, their question is basically they don't want to identify themselves. But they said, you know, is there anything that's going to happen to them if they just wait until, you know, they're forced to pay it, basically, and then deal with whatever? Stephen, I guess that one's for you. Yeah, I mean, there's two parts, and it's very important that people understand this, right, that just because a landlord can bring an eviction action against you now does not mean there won't be consequences in the future. It's a very, very important point. So when we're talking about the landlords can't do anything for 60 days or till May or possibly longer in the courts we backed up, eventually the landlords will have the right to go after you for the money. And, you know, and I will point out that, you know, they can go after you for all the time period we call it use and occupancy, right? You know, when, when your tenancy expires, you're called a holdover tenant. And it doesn't mean all of a sudden, well, my lease is over and I don't owe rent. The, the verbiage change is to a use and occupancy fee, but they can go after you for that too. And here's the big difference, right? In a sort of a normal market, a landlord might go after you for a couple of months to have, have you removed. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about months and months, and in some cases, by the time this is done, it might be over a year's worth of rent. That number starts becoming a very large number. So every month you don't pay, there is a bigger number that's an incentive for a landlord to go, a- go after that number. So you yeah. might have a temporary if I might fee, add, and I might add just listen, if you, yeah, if I might add to make this just quick, obviously, if you really have a hardship, by all means, that's what that's for. That's why we, they've given relief to help people who have real hardships be able to continue to live where they're living and not have, you know, and help them with the hardships. But please don't take advantage of that if you don't have a hardship. If you can pay your rent, because they're not forgiving rent. Remember that. They're not. I think that's important. I think people sometimes miss that little word, forgiving. They're not forgiving rent. They're allowing you to postpone paying it, but you do have to pay it back. So if you have the money, you might as well pay it now. That's all I have to say. You know, I want to say that. Um, April, I have a caller from Astoria. Hi, April. Thank you for calling Iron Real Estate. Are you on the line still? I know you've been yeah, good, morning, Roddy. good morning, Steve. I want to ask a curious question. I have a, a business in Manhattan that depends on the street volume, pedestrians, like a food vendor or something like that, a newsstand. When the city keeps talking and the mayor keeps talking about opening up restaurants, they talk so much about restaurants, as if restaurants is what brings everyone down walking the streets, when it's really, I feel, the multi-floor um, skyscrapers with the office workers. They are the ones who come down. They go to the restaurants. Um, they get business meetings. They go out to eat lunch. What happens to these big skyscraper office buildings when they own when the uh, tenants of those buildings only want now uh you know they want to renew their lease and only take a third of the space they had before how does it affect the owner of these big multi-floor buildings to pay their um you know taxes and their obligations to the state when they're not opening up the buildings and the people have half their workers or two-thirds of their offices their workers are home so when they renew their leases they're not going to want 
the same square footage? What happens to these owners of these buildings? Because we need them to open up the way they used to be, and I don't think they ever are going to fill these buildings 75% of their tenants coming back into the same floors. What happens to these buildings? And why do they concentrate so much on opening restaurants, and the restaurants need the office workers? It's like they work hand-in-hand. That's so true. You know, the restaurants, if the offices aren't open, then people aren't having lunch. They're not stopping after work to have a drink or maybe something to eat. So they, they, they do, that's a good point. They, they do, do go hands in hand. Hey, Stephen and Ace, what are you saying on that? You're 100, first of all, you're 100% right. You, you, if you, you need the whole package. You can't just have one item addressed without really a total solution. Now, here is the one point, though, and it's a little bit outside the government control. The government is shutting down indoor dining, right? The weather and government, a combination, is basically shutting down outdoor dining. It's up to the, you know, landlords and the, and the companies who are the tenants, if they're workers or back in the office right now or not. Um, there's a piece to that, right? You know, people... You know, there's more to this to unpack it, but people can go back into their office. I'm in my office. You know, we go back in. Um, People can go back in. But what are people doing, making personal choices and also what are companies doing? And when are they planning on coming back? And so here's what happens. And this is a great point that you're really I think you're really hitting the nail on the head. Even if there are proclamations from the governor and the mayor that says, we're opening things up more. Things are here. Until people really feel comfortable, they're not going to come back in. And this is where, and I think that Rebney meeting that Dottie referred to at the beginning of the show is so critical about having people have comfort to come back. One, on the testing. And number two, I know my landlord has done this in our office building of highlighting many big landlords are putting in better air purification systems. Right. To clean out the air. They should highlight this so people understand what the real story is. Now, I do think there's going to also be some philosophical changes, right? Businesses have for a while been giving employees less square footage per desk for many years to try to pack more people in. I think what you may see is businesses keeping the same amount of floor space but increasing the amount of square footage per person. And maybe also having, and this is a trend that's been going on a little bit anyway, uh, maybe shared desk space, people working different days. So they may end up leasing the same amount of space. But, you know, to also your point, are we going to get the same number of employees per office floor? That affects all these other retail, restaurants, newsstands, and so forth. All really big and important questions. And in the interim, look. We've done it. You know, we've been renegotiating some leases for tenants with landlords. Um, That's been going on um, because they're trying to find what's the new, what's the new equilibrium, right? You know, what's the normal. And let me say this to your point, April. This is different. You know, we, all of us, myself, Ace and Stephen, we, what yourself, we've all experienced 9-11. 9-11 it was a, a temporary thing. People were afraid. They left. They left New York. They went on to wherever they went on because we were expecting a second terrorist attack in New York. 
But, you know, you know, a year and a half later, we had the hottest real estate market that I couldn't even believe what happened to the real estate market. But it was temporary. This is very different. This pandemic is causes has caused the whole world to change. And there are, for example, you know, who did Zoom before this? And uh, uh, Zoom is going to stay. Things, so it's, it's changed. And I do believe it's going to change big cities. And as far as what you're saying in New York, and I think Steve said hey, we're all in agreement, you really need the business community and all the uh, politicians to really get together because it's not one thing. You can't fix one thing because everything is dependent on each other. But in my opinion, and I, this is just my opinion, until people feel safe, number one, they're not going to want to come in. Two, okay, uh, there's live, you know, there's still, they didn't ever, and I, you know, I don't know that they will ever do it, but there still could be liability if somebody does contact uh, COVID and says, well, by the way, you know, I went into my office and, you know, they really weren't social distancing. So, you know, and truthfully, whether it's a plane you go on, look, I'm in Florida. I was walking and there's a bar, people were sitting like like a bar that it would be open like before COVID where people were right next to each other. They weren't wearing masks. And I don't know that their cases are any worse or any better than, than New York or California. I really don't. So I don't think anyone knows, but I can tell you this. It's changed the world and the way we live. And now everyone has to work on really redoing it. And the only way people will come back, okay, is for them to feel safe. And that's why the governor had said that a lot of these big landlords are going to put right in their offices, COVID, like, you know, in their office buildings, a place where people can go and get COVID testing. Because, again, if you, if you, if you knew that people before they got in the building had a quick COVID test, you might feel safer. But until people feel safe, I don't think you'll see 100%. And whether or not we'll need the same amount of office space, and my guess is we won't. I, I mean, my guess is because I think that now what's happened is because people have successfully worked out of their homes. Yes, they want the social interaction. Yes, they want to be with other people. But I think it's going to end up a combination where I think, as Stephen said, maybe some people will come in three days a week and others will come in the other two days. But I think it's going to end up in a combination. But as for right now, just my feeling is the most important thing is that people feel safe. And that's by having the vaccine. And whether this vaccine really works or they say it's 95% and whether it works for six months, a year, two years, or, you know, I don't know. People right now, I think that's the only thing that's going to help them to feel safe. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Um, We had the caller from London last week who said that London was locked down for basically since March. Maybe they had a month where they really didn't have it. So, um, you know, Ace, what are you thinking? The same? I'm thinking the same, Dottie. You know, it, it really, I think once the vaccine comes out and it's tried and true, uh, things will pick up again, you know. But um, I think uh, it's, it's it's just a, uh, you know, wait and see at this point. So Yeah. And, 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 and people will pick up again. And one thing that I can tell you is, like we say with our industry, it really hasn't changed people from buying. Now, obviously, people buying, renting, and they're getting mortgages. Obviously, they have to work unless they're rich and they have some inheritance, okay? So I think people, you know, 
want to be working. I, 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 if I tell you how many people have called me in the last month or so with new venture business ideas, like people have become so creative with business ideas. You know what's going to be a booming industry? The health and wellness business. Trust me, it will be a very uh, big industry. Wellness and 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 you know and 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 air qualities and, and lighting and all of those kind of things. You, you, you're going to see a lot come out of this. Uh, this has really caused the whole change. And I, I as as horrible as I think that this whole thing has been, I think that if you look outside of the pandemic and you look past it, there's a lot of bright spots and there's going to be a lot of different opportunities. Maybe different, but opportunities. And I do think New York, as you said, I think it's going to take longer than 9-11 was because, you know, we've got more situations. Uh, I think it's going to take, but I think that when it comes to New York, and I can speak for New York, I think New Yorkers are tough. And I was telling somebody, because I said I'm in Florida, I said, look, you know, I really couldn't do this all the time. I mean, I miss New York. I miss New York the way it was, okay? And there was just a certain energy, there's a certain buzz, there's a certain something in New York that I don't think any place in the United States really can duplicate. So, therefore, I think true New Yorkers that love New York are going to fight like hell to make it get back to that, that where it was, was. And that's my belief, and it's an opinion. Uh, I, I just feel very strong about that. I think uh, everyone that I know from New York, hey, they miss New York, they miss this buzz. Look. Hey, she were in Hawaii. I'm sure that was great. But could you do it 300? Could you do it all year? No, Dottie. You know it's it's great, <laughs> but there's no city like New York, right? So I, I'm glad to be back <laughs> in, in in the swing of things here. So, what are the interest rates now, uh, Ace? While I have you. Oh, Dottie. You know, on a 30-year fixed rate, you're looking at 2.75 percent. I'm going to say it again, 2.75%, right? So it's it's like what you say every week. It's it's free money at this point. And, you know, folks folks are active. It's, it's, it's an active market. And, you know, we were talking about how New York City needs to come back and, you know, with um, with the governor and, and all the things that we're doing with restaurants opening up. I, I think 2021 will be, will be a brighter, you know, um, end of the year for sure. And I, I think with warmer weather, Hopefully we'll we'll control the uh, the amount of cases as well. So we'll we'll definitely uh, I'm I'm excited and and I'm very very bullish on what's going to happen. Um, you know, for the summer of 2021 for sure. So I am also I, I I am also, and I think kind of you know sometimes I think that in a, in a way we were all running 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 and this whole virus made everyone stop. Not not because we wanted to, just because we had to. And it made the world just kind of stop and pause for a second and take a deep breath. And maybe that is what we all needed to do. You know, you never know. I sometimes I do believe in fate. I'm not so religious, but I do believe in fate and I believe in spirituality. And I sometimes think, you know what, maybe everybody was running so fast that they needed to just stop. And nobody really stops, but this made everyone stop and kind of take a deep breath and like, hey, really realize what's important in life and... Um, as I said, I've always said home is where the heart is. And, you know, for the Wizard of Oz, which as I said, I think my mother must have been watching it when she was pregnant. That's how she got my name because I don't like the name and I don't know anybody with that name. But I, I, I say that there's no place like home. 
and home is where people feel safe. It's what they love. And, and you're seeing this pandemic has really made it even, it was always important. It's been even more important. Um, so, and with that, I, I, I just want to say to everyone, please, we're almost getting through this. Um, I want everyone to stay safe. I know it's hard. Keep those masks on. We have a little long to get through this. And I think hopefully, like as they said, hopefully sometime in the summer, spring, we'll, it'll be subsided. Please stay safe. We love you. And I am real safe. We wish you all well. And we'll be back to you next week. Have a- Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.